0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Faith Church Podcast. I am your host, Jay Williams, and joining me is a co-host, another host, Robbie Helene. Hello, Jay Williams. I feel like we haven't been, we haven't done this together for a while. We said that last time, and then didn't again for a long time. time. Yes, we've gotten out of rhythm a bit. Yes. We've gotten out of rhythm like you were on Sunday. Ah, uh, I didn't intend for that to be a segue, but you <laughs> but just went it. after it, <laughs> it didn't you? It a segue. <laughs> sure um, did. Chimpanzees riding on a Segway. Wait, that's not the same segue? Riding on- <laughs> Different segue. Different segue. Anyway, this segue yeah. is brought to you by Dr. Pepper. Okay, so th- what happened on Sunday, if people weren't here and did not notice, <laughs> um, was that you have to understand Robbie is a very even keel guy Robbie is the definition of cool (laughs) Robbie does not get rattled Robbie does not get thrown off Robbie just kind of rolls with whatever anytime I can't tell you how many times I've seen you like when you're leading worship for example and something goes haywire and you just without missing a beat just seamlessly like oh the the kick pedal just fell off to the side. And so now I don't have that anymore. And like, Oh, the pick flew off into the, the, okay. You know, we're just going, we're just going. Um, and on Sunday you got rattled. I was a little rattled. That was amazing. Only for the first little bit. Like it really was only for the first little bit. But, um, so yeah, so, so you, you, you got up there and your
1: notes were out of order. And it just they were not just out of order, Jay. They were in a state of incomprehensible <laughs> disarray. They were is <laughs> as, as if as if they were intentionally shuffled in order to derail me. Uh yeah, they were like shuffled. It was the only I, w- I am fully responsible for it. It's my own fault. Um so no one there's no nefarious there's no maliciousness. By someone on staff who, was, who had it out for me, the only one who has it out for me is me. And I, in my disorganization and getting ready, uh, I sabotage myself on my own notes. Honestly, I would have been less rattled if, right before I started, my notes suddenly disintegrated in a puff of smoke. Uh-huh.
0: I can having, to that.
1: Having no notes at all, I would just go, all right, open your Bibles. We're just going to walk through it, and yeah. this is going to be awesome. But but having having my notes all shuffled up, and and I think it's almost more than I can handle.
0: Right, and I and what as I'm sitting there watching it happen,
1: <laughs> watching this train wreck <laughs> take place in well, slow I mean, it's motion still, It's
0: still a very cool train wreck. Like I would have responded in a different way. I think um, uh, in a less. I mean, that's part of the issue was that I couldn't tell how. Like how crazy it was. I didn't realize you'd shuffled like they were literally like shuffled. They weren't, oh, yeah. they weren't just like, oh, I, I'm on page three. Also, you didn't have page numbers on them.
1: Correct. Lesson learned. So, so there's be.
0: like no way to know until you're actually reading. Yeah. And so you were saying it would have been better if they'd, you know, just disintegrated. <laughs> I was thinking when you were saying that, it would have been better if you had tripped on your way up the stage and the pages would have gone scattering. <laughs> because then at that point, everybody would have realized, right. holy cow, what just happened? I would have jumped up. You know, we could have done. We could have handled that, given you a couple of minutes to actually just go over and lay them out and put them in order. But it was, it was so because of how subtle it was. Your coolness actually played against you there because it, it seemed like, okay, yep, I got this. And I'm looking at you, going, I've known you for almost twenty years, and I'm looking at you, going, oh my goodness, I don't know what all is going on with his notes, but he's off to the point where then you end up with a product placement (laughs) joke. (laughs) Which people also know that's, that's when I that's knew a hundred percent right that's when I knew a hundred percent that you were rattled because that is something I would do that is not something typically. That's something you, I could totally see you doing in the office. That's yes. like, that's, right. but up there, that's very that's rare a, that's for you. That's a podcast you. joke. Yeah. That's very rare for you to, to do that, um, in the pulpit. And in fact, you frown upon me when I, you know, I frowned a, upon me. When <laughs> I, <do. laughs> so I just thought, Oh my goodness. Um, so anyway, we get that out of the way and, yeah. and it just, it happens though. I think it's good. I mean, we say that part of the point of this podcast is that people would see, you know, what goes into this and then how do we, how do we choose what to communicate, what not to communicate and how things are going. And, and, and just so you can see a little bit about what God is doing in the midst of that. And, and the reality is that, yeah, we, you know, you go up there with a, with a plan and sometimes the plan you know, sometimes technology doesn't work. And right. you were saying that the irony of the whole thing was you went to paper on Sunday because you'd been having issues with technology.
1: Right. And I thought, I'm just going with the fail safe. What could possibly go wrong with paper? Right. <laughs> well, we found out. <laughs> well, um, yeah. so so that I
0: think yeah. that is uh, it's just there's just something very human about that, you know, that we this this is not always things do not always go the way that we want them to go. We often communicate things um, in ways that we wish we had communicated it differently. We often say sure. things we forget to say things that we really wanted to say, and yeah. we say other things that we wonder why did I spend why did I spend five or six minutes on that when that was not right. You know? There's all these things that happen, and then also technological foibles. But I thought. Once you got through that, once I recovered post Dr. Pepper, it was fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. It was kind, it was a really, it was a really fantastic, um, sermon. I just thought it was funny. I will, I will say this and then i we can move on from it. I had said to Lauren that, um, that a few weeks ago I, I preached sitting down at the table and I was trying to channel my inner Robbie of being very calm and cool and, um, just, you know, chill. And then I felt like you were channeling your inner j and like <laughs> being
1: chaotic and out of sorts, and like well, I don't know, maybe I, I, I felt like we were out of balance. And you were too Robbie, and so I needed to bring it, bring us back into balance again. you were it was a little bit
0: of back in balance it, it this was probably the first time you had you always make fun of me or laugh about how I have these two voices in my head, and I've got filter. I've got the responsible J in my head. And that's then right. I've got the J that's just like, what if we do this? And I got filter J being like, I don't think that's, hey, where are you going? You know, like it's, <laughs> it's too late. And I felt like that was the Dr. Pepper thing for you. So you, had a, yeah. you had a guy in there be like, that is not, whoa, 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 whoa you're talking? Why, why are you talking? <laughs> you're saying it.
1: Um, so while yeah, he's responsible reviewing. Responsible Robbie was trying to figure out if he had the right page on top. Right. And meanwhile, <laughs> irresponsible Robbie's. Cracking Wise. Hey, I got bit. this. You figure out the pages. I got this. I got a great one. This totally will... under control.
0: This, this one's, one's <laughs> going to slay.
1: What? Why are you... Don't tell George. Oh, telling...
0: It's too late. So, um, But do you want to mention,
1: though, what happened after the service? Yes. My favorite thing about that is someone who is watching online uh, shows up at Faith after the service with an ice-cold Dr. Pepper that they gave me as a gift, which was so fantastic. I was it ice cold. Of course, it was. That's what mm, I. Of course, it that's was. what I asked for, or what I advertised. Oh, you did. You did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So I saw you at the area lunch with a Dr uh, Pepper, yeah. and I thought, what in the world? And, and you told I me this, and I thought that was so wonderful by,
1: by our beloved and caring congregation. I just I love that so much.
0: I did too. That's so great. All right. Well, you actually had substance in the sermon, and it was Oof. it was quite. Uh, it was God's grace. a great message. Um, it's just been so great to go through acts. I, I, I love it. Um, so I'm, I'm just curious, to... like, was there anything? I mean, I have some thoughts, I have some questions or whatever, but I'm wondering, is there anything that you felt like you kind of left out that you, that you wanted to talk about or anything that you wanted to clarify? Um, cause I mean, you did, you got, you definitely cast a, a vision and, um, for just in your heart, obviously for the, for the poor and for the disenfranchised really came out, uh, in it as well.
1: But yeah, I didn't know if there's anything. I appreciate that. Um, that's a good question. I don't, I, I didn't, I didn't finish necessarily with the sense of, oh, I wish I had said this. I, I mean, I always wish we had more time just because some, some of these things feel like I could, you know, we could take a couple of weeks on them like un- unpacking what what does it look like? Like we basically get to kind of cast the vision, but don't really get to dig into the, so how does this, how's this fleshing out for you? How are we going to do this more actively as a church? Like what I, what I really want in that moment is the discussion that follows. Mm-hmm. Right? So I don't want to talk more, but I want to discuss more. So right. I don't wish I had more to say, but I wish um, that, like, we could follow up that with pulling up a stool and being like, all right, now, tell me, congregation, where do you see the needs? Where where are you already doing this and, and you need some help? Um, where where do we see needs in our community? And we, we had an opportunity to begin to do that a little bit at the area lunch, which is one yeah. of the reasons that I really love those area lunches, is the the follow-up conversation of getting to talk to people about... So, so how are we going to do this? What does this look like for us? Uh, this last week here in Peshtigo, you know, in previous weeks, you know, depending on what area it is. Um, so, I, I'm, I'm really going to value those times, um, the, the, the area lunch discussions, just because you get, you get to do that right away while it's still fresh, like right after the sermon, to sit down across the table with someone and say, so what about that? Like how, yeah. how do you feel like you're doing this well? Uh, how do you feel like you're you're not? What are the reasons why we feel like we're not and, and, and can start digging into it?
0: Yeah, I love that. So, so good. I think. Um, all right. Well, then I'll I mean, there are just there are several things that I thought were really valuable and important to clear. Uh, really? I mean, your three points are great. So, I mean, the, the first one where you talked about the the humility and the wisdom of the leaders on display in this first. Um, it's not really a challenge to their, to the leadership, but it is, I mean, it is like, it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a concern that's been brought forward. Um, but I thought it was really great when you pointed out that all of the names of the people that these were likely Hellenists. So, and I, you didn't go too much into that. I wondered like, okay, where are you going to, where are you going to go with this? But it is a really interesting reminder that even in a situation where you're talking about these were the these were the apostles. These right. were people who had walked with Jesus. That Jesus had said, "You're yeah, you're you're the rock. You're my you're my people. You're gonna this is you are gonna be the ones who lead this out." That not only did they listen, but then when it came to appointing people to deal with the issue, they looked to the people who had been um, marginalized. Right. And what a, I mean that that has such. Huge ramifications in the bigger church. And, you know, when we talk about just all the different ways of how, um, how to serve people and how, when you listen to people who are being missed, um, and, and how, well, part of the way that you address that and deal with that is to give a voice to, that's right, to, to the people, not, not to just say, okay, well, all right, well, we'll fix it, you know, but, but to actually um, give influence and give um, the the ability to do something about it to the people who have been marginalized in yeah. it, which is scary to do. Like it's, it's really scary because it means giving over responsibility. It means giving over, sometimes giving over authority. It means, you know, taking a step back and losing some of the maybe the influence or the control that mm-hmm. you might have had
1: um, over that. And um, and they did it. It takes a lot of it takes a lot of humility because you not only have to receive that critique in the first place, mm-hmm. but then as you watch those people lead out in that, you have to receive, in a sense, the the constant passive critique of, oh, I wasn't doing that, mm-hmm. oh, I didn't try that, oh, I didn't even see that, mm-hmm. and and you have that ongoing passive critique of, am am I okay with with acknowledging all the ways that I wasn't doing this well which is why there was a problem in the first place and and I just I'm I find it so amazing that the apostles response because again I mentioned on Sunday but of all the people that I would I feel like I would have grace for being a little controlling right keeping it keeping it tight keeping it close to home would be the guys who are like yeah but we're, like Jesus literally said I'm counting on you to do this like right. he picked us like right like there would there would be a legitimate argument for it yeah, This really has to stay in house, like with, with just us, because Jesus told us it starts with us, but they saw, like they took him literally when he said like, we don't lead the way the world right. leads. And so like that had to, like that had to filter into their response of, well, we don't lead how the world leads. So obviously our response isn't circle the wagons and, and tighten up control and make sure that we're in charge of this, but we've got to like. Or blame. give this away just like Jesus gave it away right. to us right because <laughs> like, right. he he hands he hands this stewardship to us and then they hand that stewardship away and then what I love is how like obviously they didn't well I I don't know maybe the Holy Spirit told them this but there's no indication that they had any idea of what was like right around the corner in terms of persecution and then like the scattering of the believers mm-hmm. but you just gave all this authority to people who were who are going to be scattered out across the whole empire. And then we get to see over the rest of acts, what God does with that. So Mm -hmm. that wasn't their missionary strategy. That was just like good self-sacrificial humble leadership in the moment. And then God's like right on now, guess what I can do with that. And, and it's more explosive than any strategy they would have come up with.
0: Yeah. And they, you know, yeah, they could have been defensive. They could have, uh, they could have blamed the Hellenists for their situation right. and, uh, and said, like, well, learn Aramaic. Like, right. you know, or, or you guys need to do something. Uh, we're, not, we're, we're not changing this or, or whatever. Right. They could have, there's so many different ways. But,
1: uh, and the way Luke describes it, like, you could probably argue, and they didn't present the complaint in the best way. Because the word he uses right. there is like grumbling, Gr- right? Like they were they were like murmuring, yeah. yep. And so instead of like com- bringing to it, bringing it to the apostles in the best possible mm. way, Luke kind of hints at like there was a murmuring among the people, a complaining among the people that this thing wasn't happening, and and even in that circumstance, they have the humility to go, hey, that doesn't yeah. mean that the concern is illegitimate. Exactly. Yeah, and
0: that that right there, I think, is a really. Great point, and anybody that's ever in ministry leadership at all, uh, whether, whether you're leading a small group or pastoring or whatever, you you have to deal with the fact that a lot of times, most times, or very frequently, yeah. criticisms are not brought in the most godly of ways, yeah. and so the the ability to separate the hmm. mode from the content is <laughs> incredibly important. <laughs> and and I know you've had these situations. I've had countless situations in ministry uh, where I've I've had to where God has had to like humble me in a way to say, okay, the way that this was brought up, whether it's grumbling or complaining or accusations or it's through gossip or whatever, that does not invalidate right the concern that has been brought forward. And so that is, that's a constant thing of, okay, I need to listen to what's being said here. And then there have been times where I've, I've, there have been some times in discipling relationships where I'll, I'll deal with the concern. And then after dealing with the concern, then coming, circling back and saying, Hey, yeah. just so you know, you know, this is, this is a better way to bring these things up. Yeah. You know, this is a more Christ honoring way to express these concerns and so um so it kind of goes both ways like you it, it does not we don't get a free pass to to ignore critique mm. because it's done in a sinful way but the fact that the critique is valid doesn't justify sinful behavior exactly either. Right.
1: exactly so,
0: right so so we have to always be mindful of that of okay i've got the content of my critique, but then I also am accountable for the way that I bring this up. But yeah, that's a really, um, that's a really good point. I also thought you did a great job of, um, dealing with what has been, you know, ever since the church started, but certainly in the last few hundred years and certainly in the last hundred years or so, the idea of, um, you know, the gospel, the, the ministry of the word. And then, um, you know, this, this ministry of service and, mm-hmm. and like, sometimes we talk about like the social gospel and these different things, but the question of like, are we most about preaching the word and sharing the gospel or are we most about meeting, um, relieving suffering and meeting people's mm-hmm. felt needs. And it really, it's been in the last hundred years or so that those have been separated. Like mm-hmm. for the, for most of the time in the church, They've not been seen, I would say, they've not been seen as separate things. But we'd certainly live in an era where to care about the poor and to care about that um, could bring with it the accusation of not taking the word seriously. And I thought you made a really, you did a really good job of pointing out that the apostles um, were not saying, they, they fully understood it was critically important that these widows got food. Yeah. I mean, it was critically yes. impor- important. They also understood that they had to be faithful to man their post that they, what I think is incorporated in that is this idea of they understood the body of Christ and they unapologetically said, this is what we've been charged to do. We need to do this in a very Nehemiah type way of saying like, look, that might, I don't know whether that's real or not, but I can't, I can't stop doing what I'm supposed to be doing here. That wouldn't be faithful, which again goes to their humility that they didn't believe that they had to do everything. Right. 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 Like sometimes we get, you get, you feel like you get bonus points for being the guy that does everything, but really what you're showing is that you think you have to do everything and that other people can't do it. And so they really, that distinction of, it wasn't that they were saying that that was beneath them. It was that they were saying that this is what we have been called to do. And so for all of us to be faithful and to be the body of Christ, we, got, we got to do what we're called to do. And then we need other people to do this yep. to make sure that we are as a whole family doing what we're called to do. So I thought that was, uh, I don't know. I thought that was, it was just, well, it was, it was well stated to hold that intention because it does yep. sound in the text, just a plain reading of the text does kind of sound like they're saying, well, that's beneath us. Like there's a little yeah. bit of that in the English translation that can feel like that, but yeah. that is not, that's not at all what they are communicating.
1: No, I don't think so. I and mean, I think in the, in the whole, the broader context of that passage, you see that is not at all what they're thinking that there's, that they're, they wouldn't have responded the way they're responding if they didn't believe that that was essential. Right. Like it's really more of a sense of like, well this has to be done, but we, we can't do that. So how do we do that? And then, and then they propose this idea right. that everyone says, yes, that's, that's obviously awesome. And, and no one responds with, Oh, because the right. apostles are too busy reading the Bible and right. teaching us the word that we don't know. No, they're like, yes, like we get it all. Like there's a sense of like, we want to, they want to gather to be taught by the apostles. They know the only way they can do that is if they're continuing to spend time in the word and in prayer. And so they're not wanting the apostles to stop doing that. That's what they're gathering to, to hear from them. And then their response to that. And, and so like, if you, if you read the whole thing and then come circle back around and see the responses, you get much more of a sense of, um, like we can't like, but what if this results in not having the word anymore? And instead it's the, you know, it's them holding that intention where it's so easy for us to, to, to to be a little more binary right to be it's an either or it's it's we're we're about the word or we're about you know serving the community and and the apostles couldn't separate those things Mm -hmm. because the word the manifestation of the word is in love of others and service of others and so like you get much more of a i i read it with the tone of like well we we can't stop doing this but obviously we need to do this other thing. And so right. what do we do? And so they come up with a solution that everyone is thrilled about, which, which man, can really you even to... imagine that Like the whole 100%. church goes. Yes. yes great, idea. great idea. We yeah. love it. I mean,
0: just cause I've never experienced that. <laughs> that may have to do with the quality of my ideas, but I think the, um, the, yeah, the two pieces of evidence that make it really clear to me that, that, that your interpretation of that is, is accurate is, Um, is one is the unanimity of the response. So we just had people grumbling and complaining to them. And now everyone sees this, both Hellenist, you know, and, and the Jewish Greeks, the Hebrews that were there, like they, they, they all agreed. Yes, this is a great plan. Um, Which by the way, says something about the um, Aramaic speaking Jews from Jerusalem that they Also agreed, yes, that makes sense. You got seven of them. They're all Hellenists. Yep, that makes sense. Yes. There wasn't a fear of, well, but then what about our widows? Right. Like, are they going to start getting ignored? There wasn't a sense of a fear of retribution or of, of favoritism. It was, oh, man. So that, to me, communicates that everybody, when it was brought to them, thought, oh, that's that's not good. Like we've got to, we got to deal with this. And so they were happy to see a solution to that. So that was one. And the other one was the qualifications that were put on the people who are going to be in charge. It wasn't like they just said, Oh, I don't know, just grab a few people and like go hand out food. It was like, no, these have to be people who are respected, who are filled with the spirit and have this kind of faith. Um, and, and that will be seen as that, that just, that makes it, um, really clear. Hmm. And I think what that goes into is, you know, really kind of what was, uh, Um, your third point, when you talk about like the first organizational decision of the church here, it has to do with caring for the poor and it carries with it, this idea of, of a sense of responsibility. So there, 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 the response of the apostles was that since we obviously have this responsibility, how do we solve the problem, which is very different than I think when we look at the culture around us and um, we don't often start there. We often start with, what could we do about it? And I think that's an important step. The The first step is to all be in agreement. Well, obviously this is our responsibility. Yeah. So now the question is how do we go about it? That's right. Which then protects us from um, saying, well, that's too big of an issue or it's mm-hmm. too big of a problem or, well, maybe someday we'll do something like that. It's it, yeah. You, ha- you have to start with like, well, obviously we need to do this. Yeah. So now let's figure out the best way. Right. I don't know if you, like, how do you wrestle with that in a culture now? Because then I I want to, hes- I'm hesitant to just say, well, it was obviously so much easier then, but there were certain things that made that easier. One was the clear separation of people were joining the church. And so there was no, there was no formal membership because if you were meeting with them, you were a part of them. Um, and then there was also not all the red tape of government programs and all these different things. And, and you were dealing with a much simpler economy. You know, you didn't have retirement funds. You didn't have, um, you know, fixed incomes. You didn't have social security, didn't have cell phone bills and, you know, car payments and all this stuff is basically people needed to eat and they needed to stay warm and, you know, have water. And that was, that was essentially what needed to happen. So it was very clear, like, okay, well these needs need to be met. How do we deal with that then in a much more complex economic world where someone's need might, you know, look very different? You know, certainly yeah. if we're seeing something that's hungry and I have a loaf of bread, that's very straightforward and we can do that. But it's more complex than that.
1: It It is and it isn't. It It is more complex than that. Our culture is certainly much more complex than that. We also have kids around us who don't have winter clothes. And we have kids, you know, we have families who can't afford to buy a meal all seven days of the week. Like, we, we also have the things that are that simple yes. and that straightforward and that cut and dry. Like, that easy. So... um I mean I, I always I always struggle with um, with starting at the most complicated aspect of it and and then disavowing all of it just mm-hmm. saying well because because I've chosen the most obscure and complicated issue and proven that it's too obscure and complicated to come up with a solution we dismiss all of it as opposed to saying well at the very least we're going to be a community where there's not a single kid in this school who doesn't have a winter coat, because that's ridiculous. We're going to be, you know, we're going to make sure that there's not a single family that's trying to decide between rent or food, because that's ridiculous. Like, they need both a roof over their heads and a meal on their table, and and start there. And then, once we have solved all of those problems, then start wrestling with the issues where we go, okay, so now what do we do when you know this person has this is unable to make their insurance payment and we go okay well that feels a little more nuanced because that's not exactly life or death but we also live in a context in a culture where if I break my leg that could put me on the street if I'm living paycheck to paycheck because if I don't have insurance and I don't have ten thousand dollars to pay for the ambulance ride and all that stuff like so that does get a little messier but I would like to start having those conversations after we have already fixed all of the easy ones <laughs> leading up to that <laughs> as opposed to going yeah but we're never going to answer that insurance issue because it's just too nuanced so the kids should still keep going to school with no coats like that's that's right and <laughs> not not like and I'm yeah. and I we don't do that intentionally right we don't well, say like provide... I don't care if the if the no you know children are eating we don't say that we just because this issue feels so huge and we've we've in some senses complicated it ourselves, right? Because we've we've added political aspects to it. And yeah. we've added all like our culture is so different in good ways and in bad ways. Um, you know, it's it's a good thing that if we have a drought we don't all die because we have right we have infrastructure set up right so that's a win so there's some things that yeah, are really good imagine, about it. I
0: mean, yeah the, the, that's a yeah the infrastructure you just think about it we could we could have a drought and and most people would be fine it's going like, to make most, things harder it's going to make some right. things
1: more expensive but we're but most we're people be fine.
0: would not you wouldn't be fearing for your life whereas mm-hmm. there was a time where that would that would mean the vast majority of the population would be in peril they would be right. in life or death situations so I, I appreciate um, all that, and that that really you brought up a um, there, there was another point you made in the sermon that I just was hoping you'd maybe unpack just a little bit, uh, which is you made the really great point that we have basically abdicated our responsibility, mm-hmm. like we've handled handed over. You said something to the effect of um, the the world has taken responsibility of what was ours to steward, partly because we handed it over. I paraphrase that just because I couldn't write fast enough. That's pretty close. Little, I think like, that's pretty much verbatim. Um, so w- give me a little bit more on that. Like, what do you mean we handed, like that we've handed this? Because I would add to that. Um, and then we've criticized the world. So it feels like yeah. we've kind of, we've handed the responsibility. This was, it was a responsibility given to me, you know, or to us. Like I was going into metaphor mode there, but um, this responsibility was given to us we handed it over to another group of people to, to the world and said, well, no, you, you deal with this. And then we criticize the way that they're dealing with it. Yeah. And (laughs) is is it, am I oversimplifying that? Or is Uh, that, I wish you were, I wish you were. So, Um, so yeah. In what way do you see us having handed
1: it over? I mean that, I think that was a gradual process. It's not like, uh, a a large group of people woke up one morning and said we're going to abdicate our responsibility for this and then and then make fun of people for not doing it as well as we are not doing it um it, it's it starts with you know churches the, the the church creating the first orphanages and the first hospitals right right which is awesome and the church actually it starts with the church taking in orphans and the sick And the marginalized, right? Bringing them into their homes, and then as that grew, and 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 as the 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 church grows, and then the need grows, they start going. Okay, we need to, uh, you know, we we want other ways to do this. We can't just you know bring individual sick people into individual houses. We could we could create one place where we can bring equipped people to serve more of them, and then and then the hospital is created in the late three hundreds. And then the church sees it as their responsibility to facilitate that, to staff that, because this is our responsibility to care for these people and we're just cooperating together to do that. And then over time, slowly, you know, government starts to get involved and, and you know, tax money starts going into that. And, uh, and rather than inviting the homeless into your home, we create a homeless shelter and, and kind of systematize how we do that. And then gradually, fewer and fewer churches are participating in that more and more, you know, either government or other, you know, secular nonprofits and the, and the scale kind of tips. And, and then we start to get to a place of saying like, well, we don't like, we get further and further detached from Mm -hmm. that. Like the idea of bringing the homeless people into my home is a million miles away. The idea of me being the one who's serving at the homeless shelter feels a little arm's length. Right. And, uh, and i don't even have to right because the local government is taking care of that or local nonprofits are taking care of that and so i don't f- i don't feel that same urgency mm-hmm. that i'm the one who has to be doing that and so i let someone else do it and but then our our nature is to tend to think we would do it better than anyone else and so then it kind of flips and and then I start looking at the way that they are doing it and saying, well, they're not doing a good job of that. And I, I think what we need to improve on is because we're not always wrong, right? Because like we talked about right. earlier, even if you're saying it the worst possible way, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're wrong. Nope. Um, our solution to that should be stop complaining and fix it.
0: Well, like, right. Yeah. <laughs> so. And that's the part of the criticism. And, and and I've heard this in a lot of different places and, and I understand it, but that feeling like, um, so i see if I can articulate this in a way that makes sense um, that as it makes sense in my head. But Not only are we criticizing it, the church has a reputation of then handing it over, handing responsibilities over, like you just articulated there, which is really great. Because, yeah, it's not just one day you just decide, oh, well, let's have the government do this. But little by little, it becomes less urgent or the needs are less in in front of you. But then you say you kind of hand it over, hand it over to the secular world. But then say, I can't help with that because that's secular. Right. So now I can't right. volunteer in that program because it's secular. You're like, well, but we're the ones that handed it to them. <laughs> right. right. And I made it secular right. because I gave it over. I right. gave it exactly. to you. Exactly. Right. So. And that's it. You know, and I it's understandable. Look, we we see this in so many different areas and, and we all deal with this. We all are um we all kind of are, are captive to the tyranny of the urgent, right? This idea Certainly. that like, well, once you take off the pressure of this, well, I don't have to worry about that. You know, and I see it, you know People know I, I coach youth sports and there's this thing the more organized youth sports has gotten, the fewer the fewer like fathers teaching their sons how to play catch there mm. are because it's just this feeling of like, well, I can just take them to this program. And they'll mm. probably do a better job. And we've talked about that a lot in the church um, with children's ministry that like there's nothing more important for a child's spiritual development than for their parents to disciple them. But then we supplement that with children's ministry, but that ends up kind of little by little hmm. it's lowered the sense of urgency. There's the feeling that, well, I'll take them, I'll take my kid to Iwana or to Sunday school and that's where they'll learn the stuff. And then, then I don't need to do it. And it's not because the parent doesn't care about their kid. It's not because they don't care about their disciple and they just feel like, well, it's, it's just not as urgent. Like I at right. least know that they're getting that and they're probably getting, it's probably better there anyway. And so little by little, we kind of just, we, we kind of hand that over, but then, but then if, so the picture of that would be, then it's funny when the parent is yelling at the coach about how their kid is swinging a bat. Right. And you're like, well, dude, you, you brought, you like, what, right. what do you want me to do? I, I'm doing the best I can in the time that I have, but you, yeah. you actually could be the biggest influence of that. And same way in the church. Like if, a, if, if when the parents look to the church and say, well, why isn't my kid being discipled? The, like we, we just gotten to a place where we, we've forgotten the, yeah. the first level of responsibility. Right. So there is certainly, I, when I think about say orphans in the, in the area, look, um, If we did not have these systems that we have, then we would have a bunch of children out on the streets and in other countries that that is what happens. And so I think most. So there's this strange kind of tension that happens that if that was the case, if we had dozens of children walking around our streets in Peshtigo or Marinette begging for food. I think that that would raise the level of urgency of all the churches and they would say, we we cannot let this happen. And I think you'd see a lot more families adopting children. It's because we have because that doesn't happen because those children are taken into a system and they're put like we we don't see that. Um, We think it's, it's kind of an out of sight, out of mind. And we obviously don't want to go to a system where we say, okay, well then just send them all out in the street because then we'll actually respond hmm. in some ways, some ways we have to capture the both and of this. Like, and I think it goes back to what you said about the, um, not getting discouraged by the complicated, like start with the most basic of things. I think we need to make sure that, that, um, that we are participating in these solutions, um, while like these other things are going on, like it should be an addition to, it should not lessen our, our involvement. Um, It should, it should assist or help. And we should be able to mutually um, like have some kind of mutual benefit there where we're, we're, we're working together because the reality is the problems in our culture are too big. Even like if our church just fully tried to throw everything we had at these problems, like we wouldn't be able to solve all them. Like we need whole communities, which yes, includes government organizations and secular organizations and other churches and, and all of it. And what, and
1: what if it's the church that's leading out in that? So when, when you go to first, first Baptist Vallejo in California, what, what you're going to find is the community leaders coming to them to talk about solutions for Mm -hmm. dealing with their homeless population, because they've got 200 of them at their lunch every single weekday. Um, and so, like because they're the ones leading out in that, the community around them takes takes the cues from them in 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 how to care for them better, how to support them better, um, because they're the ones leading out. So in that community, they really are going, "Well, who do we have to help?" Because that church down the street is the one doing all of it. And so right. the city's coming to them saying, "How do we help you to do to do what you guys are are accomplishing in this community here?" That's that's how we fix the system. Right? Right. We fix the system by by we go out and we do that thing. We so flood the the apparatus that is available to us that that and and in some sense, what I love about this church is in, in some aspects we've done that. Like we yeah. have an extraordinarily good reputation with um, with areas of of the county here that are working in in with. Kids from hard places and whatnot, because our people are going, our people are loving them well. They're good volunteers. They support the mm-hmm. the people that they are uh, volunteering under, and and so we have a as a church have a really great reputation in our community, and they do come to us and ask us for help and for support because we've demonstrated we care about you, we care about the kids that you care about, and. Like that's, so, so I I, I do want to make sure I said, I wanted, I made sure I said it on Sunday, but I just want to reiterate in all of this, I don't want anybody to hear me saying no one in the church is doing anything. No. The, the church still is doing extraordinary things every day. The capital C church, right? You know, around the right. country and around the world is doing extraordinary things in caring for the least of these. I just want to bring to our attention where we see complacency in these things. We need, we need to bring change
0: yes yeah we just need to be reminded of that i think because because we live in a culture um and in a country that has by all accounts uh, as far as countries across the history of the world like we do care for the poor and for the marginalized like there's a lot of systems in yes. place for that it's not perfect it's nowhere near perfect right. um but it is there. But then, like I said, that takes it a little bit out of sight, out of mind. And so, we do need to remind each other then that there are still hungry kids in our county. There are children who are in unsafe environments. There are people who cannot afford to buy food. There are. Um, there's all these different things that are going on. And so, we have to remind ourselves to not to not get complacent. Yeah. Um, and then, I love the idea of like the way that we can take back some of that responsibility and have some of that influence is to partner in it is to be to be involved you know if you go back to be the
1: best volunteer at that organization and bring all your friends right to also be the best volunteers in that organization yeah
0: yeah in which we've had that in certain situations where we have um it's i wish that some of our volunteers like whether casa is a really great example of and we've asked for more volunteers um for that that if if people knew, if the volunteers, I hope the volunteers who have volunteered in that know that their faithful presence and service in that may seem small to them or they may feel like it's not noticed, it is. And when all of those get added together, yes. it's massive. It's a, it's, it's a massive thing. And some of the other areas that we've been able to, to be a part of, whether it's in the schools or the homeless population or, or the prisons or wherever, um, it it matters, and so, it uh, so we want to encourage you to do that. Like if you, if you have a heart, like one of the things that we want to be careful of is that, yes, there are a ton of needs and it can feel really overwhelming. Yes. But the good news is every single one of us, and I'll talk to you podcast listener, you, you podcast listener, you, um, God has given you everything that you need and all the time that you need to accomplish everything that he has called you to. And so you may, like, no, no one of us and no single church can solve all of the issues, but maybe God has placed it on your heart in a specific area. Maybe when you heard that sermon on Sunday, or even in listening to this, you think this is an area where I f- have a special affection for, or a special concern for, and in, in, in our community, then my encouragement would be to be faithful in that. And if you don't know where to serve or where to jump in and help, then talk to us. We have a lot of connections, a lot of relationships in the community and we can help you. We can connect you with someone who would be thrilled to know that you you care about this problem or this issue and that you want to be a part of the solution. You want to you want to help. And what we don't want to be is we never want to be the people who are sitting on the sidelines just like complaining about the the people on the field. Like we want to be on the field and we want to be part of that. And then from within that, we can influence and encourage and direct uh, all those things to the glory of Christ to demonstrate how the kingdom functions and how kingdom people live. Well
1: said. That was like me landing. You landed that plane like a boss.
0: Bye. No? (laughs) All right, well, if you... (laughs) If you, had, if, you, if you do have any questions or anything else that uh, we are here, you can always reach us at connect at faithpeigo.com. Um, and we're, as always we are appreciative of your time in listening. Until next time, grace and peace.